0: Morning. So, you know, you're preaching with your wife when you always set up on the left hand side of the stage and you get up here and she says, I'm going to be on the left hand side of the stage. And I said, Yes, ma'am, so I'm on the right hand side of the stage.
1: This is my better side.
0: We are super, super, super excited to be up here. Uh, Gary asked us to do this probably a month, month and a half ago. And we've been thinking about what we were going to say and how we we're going to say it what we're going to do. And uh I will just tell you that my wife got up about five thirty this morning. She got prayed up, read through her notes. I hope everybody put their crock pot on slow because she made points for her points. So y'all sit back and hang out and see what happens. We're super excited.
1: So uh- I was going to go pee off the back porch with Gary just now, but I felt like it was probably inappropriate for me to do that, but I should have probably gone to the bathroom first uh, so that's funny um It is such an honor to be asked by Gary and Christine to do this. Um, David and I have always had a heart for marriages because you know once you've had as many marriages as we have. Uh, we've had practice, if you will, of what not to do. Um, so it is an honor to be up here with, with you. I love you. And don't suck, as Gary would say. So, uh,
0: so let's get started. What is a Proverbs 31 woman? A wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ship, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night, and she did. She provides food for her family and portions of her family, of her fam, female servants. Sierra may have missed that part. Got that part. She doesn't necessarily provide food for her family.
1: You didn't give me any female servants.
0: She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. She sees that her trading is is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the staff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows she has no fear for her house for her has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her beds. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. I've gotten to start to do that, and it's pretty cool, just so y'all know. She makes linen garments and sells them, and supplies the merchant with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. That's a cool place to be right there. Isn't that a woman? Think about that, man. Isn't that a woman? For this sermon, though, I brought out, I saw a couple of things I wanted to talk about. So her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. That's who Sierra is. I have complete confidence in her. I have never uh, gotten to watch somebody work as hard or do as much or try as hard or succeed as much. So, husbands, I I encourage you, I implore you, show your wives that you have full confidence in them and all that they do.
1: Can I add there that even if you're not sure, you have confidence. That's the scary part.
0: Absolutely. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard.
1: See, she does real estate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Guys, this talks of her dreams or her desires and talks how she accomplishes those goals. Spouses don't hold back your spouse. Let your spouse dream. Help them to accomplish those goals. If you help them to accomplish those goals, you'll be amazed at what happens. And in the mind, and in my mind, the most important verse of these is, her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. First of all, children cherish their mom, of course, their dad. If you remember in the Ten Commandments, there's only one commandment that has a promise. Honor, their, honor your mother and father. It has a promise. I'll go read that. It's a pretty cool promise, all you kids out there. But husbands, always cherish your wife. Always cherish who she is and what she needs. What she does.
1: So, are you are you ready for me? I'm ready okay. for you.
0: see so, her right here on the page. I see
1: that. I see that. It's in green. Um, so, how a husband should treat his wife. Um, Ephesians five twenty one three thirty one. I think it, this is the NIV version. Uh, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Let me read that again. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands, not your neighbor, not somebody else's husband, your own husbands as you do the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, excuse me, but holy and blameless. In this some important points of that scripture for me especially. Um, my Bible that I like to follow is the Amplified Bible. And that was the NIV version. But the Amplified Bible says in the very first sentence of that, be subject to one another. Um, everyone wants to point out, To the wives, you know, to be subject to your husband. But it also says for the husband to be subject or submissive to the wife. It says both. But it also says adapt to your husband. And husbands are to do that to their wives. Um, As Christine mentioned when she was here a couple weeks ago, that she hated that whole submissive wife part of that scripture. Um, I personally hated it as well. Um, Amen. <laughs> um, I'm good with the husband being subject to me. I'm good with that part. Um, wasn't so good with me having to be subject to him, especially when I'd been around a mountain or two and it didn't feel good to be that, be that person for that husband at that time. Um, because it was, you know, used up and taken advantage of and... Not cherished, if you will, is the best way I can put it. Um, But I especially, as, you know, once you become an independent woman and uh, not necessarily always the right direction to go, you kind of become too independent, right? And then when you finally meet uh, the husband that God has promised you, um, your flesh gets in the way. And you can be a little rebellious, and amen. <laughs> uh, so uh, that was especially hard for me to get past at, from time to time. Um, but it's gotten easier, and it's taken practice. Sometimes you have to listen to the small, still voice when you when you feel that where you want to come back at your husband with words that are hurtful and degrading and disrespectful, and you hear God in your deep of in your gut say, "Mm, probably shouldn't say that. (laughs) Nope. Shouldn't say that either. Up too late. You said it. Now, here we go. Uh, You start going down a path you don't want to go down in a relationship, but it does take a lot of practice and it takes a lot of prayer, but you can get there. Um, But as far as Jesus giving up his body, he gave up, Jesus gave up his body For all of us, right? Not just me, not just David, but for all of us. Um, He did it for my sins. He did it for David's sins. He did it for all of our sins. And I see in my husband that he gives himself up for me. He would fight hell for me. And because I know that he would fight hell for me, it's easier to look at him and respect him and honor him even when I don't feel like it all the time. Um, Being submissive is being respectful and honoring of your husband. Being respectful of your husband is a man's deepest need. The Word says that. But a man should also love his wife as his own body. That is her deepest need. Have you ever seen a man hate himself? I mean, if a, man, if a man doesn't love himself, I mean, they, they love themselves more than anything else, right? Um, so how would you treat him if he loved you like he loved himself? Um, going back to a man's deepest need is respect, and a woman's deepest need is a security and love. That's why the Word tells men to love their wives. Wives, do you truly respect your husbands? Husbands, do you truly love and protect your wives? And giving them security, I mean, it's their deepest need. Your turn, it's in blue, it says David right there.
0: So Think about this, so you got a Proverbs 31 woman that meets an Ephesians 5 man think about that there's not a whole lot that they can't do and they can't take they can't undertake and can't win so I definitely implore you think about that in your marriages and in your relationships that if you have a Proverbs 31 woman and an Ephesians 5 man you can accomplish just about anything Question, though, becomes, how do you do that? How do you grow? How do you how do you dream? How do you achieve your desires, her desires, and their desires as a couple? And how do you remain your individual selves? Uh, one of the situations we had with Sierra is that she had not remained her individual self at one point in her life. And the one thing that we protected, or I wanted to protect for her, was that she still remembered she was an individual. I th- and I think y'all need to think about that. I think that's important that a woman remains individual and a man remains individual too. It it works both ways. Um, I just get to sit up here with my wife and she's going to say the woman part and I get to say the man part. So. Um, but it's so important that you see that and that you achieve that. So what we're going to try to do today is kind of sit up here and figure out and talk to y'all a little bit Um how we grew, how we remained individuals, how we honored each other, and how we honored what we did to, with each other. So as I, a lot of y'all that have been here know, Sierra and I have been around a mountain or two. Um, Sierra, wrote, Sierra wrote Gary and Christine, maybe we need to have a marriage <laughs> seminar after this too. So. <laughs> but those, or
1: counseling. <laughs> or counseling,
0: yeah. <laughs> but those failures in life, has been what has helped us grow to this place that we can sit up here and we feel comfortable talking to people and comfortable telling people as Gary would preach. He would say, you know, I don't know. You may not have the same experience I have, but I have this experience and uh, we definitely want y'all to know that if there's anything we can do for any of y'all, you know, we're, we're here. We'd love to, we'd love to help. Um, We certainly aren't counselors and we certainly don't know everything because, We've got plenty of screw ups to show that, but together we have grown something that I think is super spectacular. And uh, with our kids, our family, our extended family, uh, our one of our in laws is back there. Some of our in laws are not here, but they all come. You know, everybody comes to church. We get to have a couple, three of our grandsons are in the in the, over here in the child's area, and then we got one of our grandsons sitting out there in the audience. That's what it's all about. That's that's what a Proverbs thirty one woman and an Ephesians five man looks like.
1: So um, our first point is uh, being of one accord. So what does one accord mean? Webster Dictionary says to grant or give, especially as appropriate, due or earned to bring into agreement, to be consistent or in harmony. So one accord together with your spouse, not your friends, not one accord with your mother, not one accord with your father, not you know, one accord with your bestest girlfriend or your bestest dude. One accord with your spouse. And as I said earlier, not one accord with someone else's spouse, Want accord with your own spouse? Godword says in Romans fifteen five through seven. I don't know if you, put, this is the Amplified version. So forgive me because it's a little wordy. And uh, I, I, Heather is the only it's other hard to person.
0: Understand.
1: <laughs> no, Heather studies from the Amplified Bible too. She likes it. I have a kindred spirit in here. <laughs> You're not supposed to whisper. Now may the God who gives the power of patient endurance, steadfastness, and who supplies encouragement grant you to live in such mutual harmony harmony, and such full sympathy with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may unanimously, with united hearts and one voice, praise and glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Welcome and receive to your hearts one another. Then, even as Christ has welcomed and received you for the glory of God. Mutual harmony, full sympathy with one another, united hearts, one voice, one another. So there is give and take in accord. It's not only one-sided. It's not where one spouse always gets their way and the other spouse always gives in to that one spouse. It's compromise. And that's what full sympathy means. David asked me, he said, full sympathy? I <laughs> do what you're talking about. He goes,
0: I didn't think that she got any of that. Uh-huh. God was handing out sympathy and mercy. I think she wasn't there that day.
1: (laughs) Well, there's truth to that. But full sympathy means I consider you and what your desires are, not just my own. So I may not be sympathetic to you, but (laughs) I do at least consider consider your thoughts (laughs) and what your heart's desires are. Now, Xander said don't get out of the screen.
0: Well, Xander doesn't know there's lightning coming, so I'm going to stand (laughs) over here.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm definitely keeping my feet up on the stool in case it gets full over here.
0: So our second point today is two are better than one. So in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, it says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. Y'all hear that? If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So the coolest part to me about that is uh, that was mine and Sierra's marriage vows, basically. And everything that we have built and how we built it has been around three chords. Um, Two are definitely stronger than one. And I think everybody already realizes this, but y'all realize what that third one is. Chord of three is not easily broken. Men, love your wives as Jesus loves the church. Women, submit to your husbands as the spiritual leader of your home. And that third chord, Jesus, will honor this in all your hopes and dreams. This will give you the chord of three. This will give you that unbreakable chord.
1: I feel bad. I was going to bring our three chords from our wedding we have displayed. And um, so I apologize, I
0: didn't bring it. Thinking through today's sermon and, and a Proverbs 31 woman. So I was super blessed when I met Sierra. Because way before David got there, she had already started to be a Proverbs 31 woman. She's owned several of her own businesses, she's helped several people grow their businesses. She provided for two children with little or no support. She had her own house. She had her own Harley, too, guys. Um, so I was super blessed when I met Sierra. But the one thing that was missing for her and missing for me is that until we met, until we started a real relationship, neither one of us had actually been equally yoked. That's super, super important to growth because you're growing together and you understand what you're growing. You understand what three chords looks like, not just two. And That's what's helped, I think, probably us the most. That's what's helped us grow the most is us being uh, one accord with three strands. There are definitely times that uh, Sierra forgets it. Um, and I have to remind her, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'll i just tell you, I, it's an honor to sit up here with her, because I don't know that I've been around many women that are as godly as her, and it's such an honor to sit up here and talk about this and hear what she has to say, because I promise you, she got up at 5 o'clock this morning, she prayed, she started writing down new points for her point. But that's how important it is to her. Screen now.
1: Well, you got me a little choked up, so hold on a second. Um, All right,
0: I can talk more. Don't worry about that. (laughs) No, it
1: doesn't mean to talk. Um, So, and I appreciate you giving me um, a lot of accolades, but I wasn't a very good wife before. So being a good wife was a challenge to me that God put on my heart that if I was going to be a good wife to whomever, that I'd already messed it up twice, I'd already tried to do it on my own because I didn't need a man then, right? Right? I didn't know how to be a good wife. I didn't have a great role model. My mother was single. She didn't have a great marriage. I didn't have any great marriages to look to. So. The work that went into being a good wife. Was between me and God. But it took a good man to help me with that and it's easy to be a good wife when you're with a good man it's easy to honor and respect my husband when i know that he honors and respects me and if he had not had a relationship with god and his own harley we were never going to get along (laughs) Because mama was going to ride that bike on the weekends when the kids were at their dad's house. I was going to be on two wheels, and snooze, you lose. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) And that was the requirement. All my friends would say, what are you seeing him?
0: (laughs) Had a really good Harley.
1: Well, he's got his own bike, and he goes to church, and he loves Jesus. So. Not in that order, necessarily. Jesus Jesus was first, the bike was second. But the other thing, and I'm, I'm ad living here because this is not in my notes, but I, I told David, I said, I want to move with the Spirit and share with what's on my heart and not just what we put in black and white because God has a way of doing things His way and not necessarily the way that we planned. Right. But... um you know, I just wanted to say that I appreciate who you are in this world. And for me, some things that I, I started paying attention. Once you've been around a mountain or two and seeing what, how you don't want to live your life, you start paying attention to the things that you do want to see in your life. So some amazing things about David is he cherished his daughters. He was respectful. I didn't get a chance to meet his parents, but he always talked about his mom and how much he loved her. Um, I paid attention to how he treats people, even when he didn't know that I was looking. I was paying attention. How does that person in your life treat others when nobody's looking are they are they kind? are they gentle now i 'm not saying he's not an asshole because he is, but it's the deep
0: I think they all know that, honey. <laughs>
1: Some some know deeper than others, but, um, but I also think that that comes down to what Gary and David and Scott have been trying to put out there. You can be a great, wonderful man, protect your families, love your wives, love your children, be gentle, be kind, but then also be a savage when you need to be. And I think all women want a man just like that a man that is going to be a warrior when he needs to be, a lover when he needs to be, a provider and a man of security and a man that loves God. That's what every woman looks for. So okay, men out there, if you don't have a woman in your life, start being those things and and God will bring forth the woman that he's handpicked for you. But anyway, I got off on a tangent. Didn't mean to do that, but... um. So our point three, Xander, point three, (laughs) dreaming together. Okay, so this is pretty awesome. And this is the part that I'm going to try to hold back, but I'm not, because it's also the part that God kept giving me information for. But um, so, you know, when you make it through the first two points, you know, dreaming together should be easy, right? Because now God's brought you together, and, oh, everything should be... As Gary would say, unicorns, farting bubbles, and you're happily ever after. Well, it's hard work to dream together. It's hard. Um, especially if your dreams are different. You know, you're two different people, and God's placed a dream and a hope and a desire in your heart. But you're still two different people. So how do you do it together? How do you do it in one accord? Um, you know, putting God first, first of all. It's the first thing you have to do. You have to, you have to believe that what God has put on your heart is the way God wants it to go. We all have, we all can get selfish, but um, coming together in one accord. I've kind of got off my notes here, so I'm gonna just going to turn the page. <laughs> um, so they're not always in order. Dreaming together, two are better than one. To one accord, it's all interchangeable. doesn't have to necessarily be in that order. But dreaming together and growing together is the sweet spot of love, I think. It's the sweet spot of life. But it's a give and take. So in sharing your hopes and dreams and your desires with your spouse, um, you've got to ask some questions of yourself and of them. Can you trust that you're in a safe place with your spouse to share your hopes and dreams? Can your spouse trust you with their hopes and dreams? Can you or do you believe and know that your spouse is your support and encourager? You know it because they are and they do. Or they don't. Does your spouse get encouragement and support from you? you now, you, not everyone a, has a dream. Maybe they need to detach themselves to your dream, but do you encourage them in their dream?
0: It was interesting in our, in our relationship, uh, so we met in November of 2011, and during that time, I was trying to buy a company. And I don't know about y'all who've ever owned a company or, or run a company, but when you do that, you have to do certain things so Sierra was always encouraging she was always there um I remember as december uh nineteenth 2013 oh I forgot to mention we got married March of 2013 but December 19th of 2013, I, we sat down and we talked and we'd been praying and i have been trying to figure out how am I going to buy this company and it was me and two other guys and we're trying to figure that out. So I'm talking to her and I'm, I see that there's, there's going to be an impasse today. The impasse is going to be one of two things. I'm going to own a company on December 20th or I'm not going to have a job. She prayed with me, and we sat there and we talked about it, and she said, well, we've been broke before, let's figure it out. So we did, but the coolest part to me about that is when you own a construction company, you bond work. When you bond work, you have to sign over all of your assets to them. Let's go back to the timeline. I met her in November of 2011. House and a Harley and a car. She owned. I married her in March. Still had her house. Still had her Harley. Still had her car. Well, you know, honey, now that we've signed these papers, can you sign this little paper here that says those aren't yours, those could be theirs now? That if we, if, 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 if I screw this up, if I suck, as Gary would say, and we lose that, I'm going to lose your house and your car and your Harley too.
1: Oh, hell no.
0: <laughs> we actually lied to her aunt because her aunt said, don't you sign over your stuff to him. You don't know him that well yet. So I say that to tell you That supporting sometimes looks a little strange. Encouraging sometimes looks a little strange. To encourage your husband to go lose his job possibly, you know, may be questionable.
1: To encourage me to lose my house and my Harley and my car? Yes, that was more than strange. That was scary. But um, I think that's where the trust comes and giving it to God first. That's right. Is it my turn again? Oh, I guess it is. Are you done with your story? So that no matter what you do, no matter how ridiculous your dreams may seem, your spouse doesn't ridicule you or make you feel small or stupid. Do you make your spouse feel stupid for their dreams? And for their desires and for their hearts, do you make them feel stupid or small?
0: So think about that. And we all know Gary has had some crazy dreams and some crazy ideas. But the one thing that I noticed in having the privilege to hang out with Gary and Christine is, first of all, she supports him. But second of all... He talks big up here on the stage. She knows what he's doing. They are of one accord. And that's awesome to watch. And I encourage all of y'all to get to that place where you're of one accord.
1: So your spouse should be the keeper and the protector of your hopes and dreams and your desires. Do you protect your spouse and their hopes and dreams? I think men and women have um, a hard time here because I think sometimes it's out of insecurity that you don't want to. It's You're not sure. And I will say, it was not easy taking on, you know, what David was getting ready to do. I thought he was just going to buy a company and we were going to be all great. Well, then it became a sacrifice for me too then, right? So, um I think it's important that even if you don't completely, fully understand everything that your spouse is trying to do, do you still encourage them? Do you still protect what it is that they're sharing with you? Um, are you the keeper? Do you cover your spouse's sin? That's a hard one. Um you know, you got to remember, in God's Word, it says, love covers a multitude of sin and or bad idea. I'm not so sure that the bad idea is in the Word, but sometimes you have to cover your spouse's bad idea that kind of went down the tubes a little bit, that tanked, maybe. But Do you still love your spouse enough to protect that? Protect that choice and that decision that they made. Um, but it doesn't mean... Just because you cover your spouse's sin doesn't mean you allow sin, right? Uh you have to give it to God, you have to pray about it. Uh you and and you don't go around giving it giving that to your friends and to your family. You don't go around bashing your spouse to everybody else that'll listen. Um it doesn't show it doesn't it, that's not protecting them. Um so in the private moments of sharing with your spouse, that's trust and safety. You need trust and safety with, with who your spouse is so their their dream can grow. Um, those are the watering times. That's the nurturing time with your spouse is share, allowing them to say what it is they need to say there. Are you a place that your spouse can go to for refuge, and if they're thirsty. Are you like Christ to your spouse? Now, that's hard. Um, But we're all called to be like Christ. Now, we're not going to be perfect. Uh Uh-oh, getting closer to being Gary here without my flip-flop on. But um, We're all called to be like Christ. Strive for the mark to be like Christ. Perfect? No, he was the only one perfect. But we strive to be like Christ every day. And John 4.14 in the Amplified Version says, But whoever takes a drink of water, of the water that I will give him, shall never, no, never be thirsty anymore. But the water that I will give him shall become a spring of water, welling up, flowing, bubbling continually within, within him. Unto eternal life. So if you give your spouse. A refreshing. Refuge. Just imagine. What will bubble up. In them. So. An awesome thing is my husband heard me. He heard me in my dreams. Just like I heard him. Now he says I don't listen to him. But <laughs> at least I hear heard him. And what he was wanting to do. Um, And I think that's awesome. But the other thing that David did for me is he actually helped me to open the doors to what it was that I was wanting to do. Um, He wasn't just a bystander. He wasn't saying, hey, you just go do it. No, he actually helped me. Uh, Of course, I had to do my part first. I had to move toward that goal of making a difference. I say this to my kids all the time. I'm glad to hear all these great, grandiose ideas you have, but you've got to take the first step if you want me to help you. You've got to be the one to to make an effort. Um, But also, David nudged me, too. And And he nudged me to do... Sometimes your spouse can see something in you you don't see. Your spouse can see that you are greater than you think you are. You are greater than you've been told before. You are special. You are more. And you discover really quick how true your goals are and your dreams are until you've been challenged, until you've been nudged. So... um Our real estate story was, um, and I say real estate meaning how did I get into real estate or we get into real estate, but it wasn't, I was in the golf course industry when David and I met. I managed a golf course. Real estate was not even my, not even a dream that I had at that time, but through our growth together, we decided we wanted to do, do some investing and um, Lou understands this, but, you know, we, we thought we were going to buy some houses and flip them and do that kind of thing. And we still haven't flipped a house yet, but, it, but uh, that was our plan. And one of us had to get a real estate license, so it, I had more time to do so. David was still growing Ruby Collins, and I got my real estate license and really loved it. Um, but I still had my full-time job during the day. I still worked full-time, and when the decision was coming around that I was going to leave my full-time job and start doing real estate, that right there was a huge test for me because that independent Sierra, don't-need-a-man person that I'd been raised to be was stepping out to do a full commission job. What if this didn't work out? That's when the that's when that the doubts kind of start coming in. Not because I was doubting him, but that that selfish part of you that says, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, what if this don't work out?" And then I'm only in a commission job, and I got to support myself, and all these things. That that was that's what the devil does. You know, they kind of he keeps feeding you things to try to mess you up. And um, so taking that step of faith. To quit my day job but I had to trust that David was going to be there and I had to trust God first because he was the one first of all telling me that I needed to do it so um, it's just continuing to trust and even in the test yes
0: so the thing that Gary talks about and Facebook, and and up here sometimes, and to other people, and the thing that you got to think about. So parts of the story Sierra left out was, first of all, she's working 40 hours a week, plus she was bartending on Thursday nights at that time. And she would get up every morning about 4 o'clock so she could study real estate because it was foreign to her. She'd never really studied a, you know, she'd never learned how to get her license there. It was foreign to her, some of the things they were saying
1: Studying was foreign.
0: Yeah, studying was foreign too, but um, but that's the part that nobody saw. That's the part that nobody saw. She'd get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, work until, you know, study until 7 or 8, go to work, come home, study some more. Nobody was watching that part. That's one of the things I tell our children, You know, you know, pay attention. Pay attention to what's going on. People, it's hard to get a new hustle. It's hard to get a new thing. It takes a lot of work, and that's a, you know, it's important for spouses to support their spouse during that time. That's one of the most important times. Her leaving her job and becoming a full-time realtor and being on commissions, that wasn't really the hard part. The hard part was all the work that she put in and all the energy she put in to get there wasn't a hard part for me anyway I knew that we were going to be okay um, so you've got to support that part too and sometimes that's a huge sacrifice you know she would literally study until 10 or 11 o'clock every night she'd get up early every morning she gets up early every morning anyway I don't know why would anybody would do that but anyway um, but she does and and that's the huge part for the for that to me is to watch how much she desired that. And when she got involved and she got engrossed in it, it was like, y'all step back and find out. Y'all hold on to your hats. Something's getting ready to happen.
1: But the most important thing for me on my side, even during the studying and getting up early in the morning and staying up late at night, was that you believed in me. You never said that I couldn't. And I probably couldn't have if i'd left my if I was left to my own thoughts and my own ways of doing things my normal habits was to always put myself down and to not believe that I could actually do what it was that I was trying to do so um <laughs> you believing in me was very important um but you also didn't you didn't ignore it and act like it was not a big deal. You act you acted like it was more a big deal to you, and that made a difference in my pressing forward um, and getting it done. Just like what you did with Ruby Collins, it's believing that you could do it, and I certainly did uh, believe that. Um, so the. The coolest part about it, and I feel like we're up here talking about the David and Sierra show, and it, it, and please, please understand, it's not about the D- David and Sierra show, and we don't always do everything perfect. Um, I do. <laughs> we don't do everything perfect, but one thing that we want you to realize is that if it wasn't God first in our lives, individually and together as a couple, we could not have accomplished an iota, a thimble full of what we had desired and hoped. Um, I'd always been a dreamer, always had these dreams of gonna. I was going to be a singer, and I was going to be this, and I was going to be that, and I was going to have a house, big house, and I was going to have fancy cars. I didn't have that until later in life. I mean, going to be 56 years old. It's only in the last 10 years of my life I actually have gotten all the things that I had always dreamed and hoped that I'd have. But you have to dream first before it becomes a reality. You have to believe in yourself first, or at least someone else believe in you before it becomes a reality. Um, But you also have to move toward it. It doesn't just fall out of the sky and land on you either. You have to implement what it is that God's telling you to do. You've got to, you know, be a tither, be a giver. He's a lot better giver than me. I wanted, I always did this. I always felt broke. I always had a scarcity mindset because I didn't have much growing up or I didn't have much raising my children. So I was always gripping my fists very tightly. David taught me how to open my hands freely and still every once in a while I kind of start doing a grip or two, but It was a challenge, but David's always been very free and comfortable with money. I've always held on to every dime I had because I didn't know if I was going to have a dime tomorrow. So turning those dreams and becoming implementers in those dreams, that's why God brings you together so you can be the better of what the other person needs. Wouldn't you agree?
0: So you know as you dream... I struggled with this this morning, too, but I'm going to try to get through this. So as you dream, I remember my mom always wanted to have a cabin in, in the mountains. And my mom and dad bought a piece of land at Talking Rock, probably 25 years old. But They never had the means for that to happen. And one of my and Sierra's dreams became that we wanted to have a cabin. So we looked, and we looked, and we looked, and we never found that dream. We never found that house. We never found that one. Sierra was at a conference at Town Ball. Come home. You got to go through Ella Jay. So I called her. I said, hey, there is a cool cabin I need you to go look at. Nah, I'm not going. I don't want to go. I've been up here all week. I'm not going down there. I'll but it's really somebody. cool. No, nope, I'm not going. Okay. So luckily, one of her customers that she loves and respects and really enjoys being with,
1: She's going to pay me.
0: Ask her to stop near the same place that I wanted her to stop. But the coolest thing about our cabin is, when she walked through the doors, started crying. Cause it was of God that he was going to let us use his money to have that cabin so that we can bless others, and let others go up there and others hang out. And we can have our family up there. Two years ago, we got to have Thanksgiving. We had 45 people up there. We had all the tables out there in front of the cabin. The creek was right beside us. I knew my mom was there. That's what really dreaming is. That's what dreaming's all about right there.
1: <laughs> but you got me all teared up. Um, yeah, that was a God thing for sure. So here's a um, hard Hard question that is important to important to me. But um, are you a person of integrity? Is your spouse a person of integrity? You know if you are or not. You know if you do the right things when nobody's looking. You don't just do the right things when you've got an audience. Do you lie to your spouse? Are you hiding money from your spouse? Are you lying about shopping oh i've had I've had this outfit for years now. honey, oh, yeah, I just saw it for the first time. <laughs> I've had this handbag for months. You gave me this handbag for Christmas. You don't remember. 47 Amazon boxes show up at your house. I don't know who ordered all this.
0: That's not me, that's her.
1: Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Are you lying about who you are with? You know if you are or aren't. Are you lying about where you've been? Were you somewhere on Friday night that you told your spouse you were somewhere else? You're sowing seeds of integrity or their lack thereof. Whether your spouse ever finds out or not, you're creating that environment of... You know what you're creating. Are you planning... This is one of my favorite ones. Are you planning a girl's trip or a hunting trip or a golf trip so you can act single? When nobody else is around when your spouse is not around, are you sowing seeds, technically being married? We were just in Vegas last week at a conference, and one of the young men that are that's an agent in our brokerage um cute as a button, and he had on these black i mean these gold, shiny pants, boy, and he kept shaking his money maker all over the dance floor. And all the women were coming up to him, and and he'd say, I'm married. And, And the girl, well, I'm technically married. Okay. Are you a little bit pregnant? No. Are you a little bit married? No. You either are or you aren't. Do you lie about how you truly feel or what you're thinking to your spouse? Now, I will say this. That could be beneficial not to tell your spouse completely what you're thinking. Amen. Because Lord knows I do not say everything that I'm thinking to him. But he'll say, what are you thinking? I say, you don't want to know what I'm thinking. <laughs> but are you being truthful about your feelings? Are you hiding your feelings and then resenting your spouse for not, them not knowing what your feelings are? what are your expectations with your spouse one of my favorite um one of my favorite marriage pastors uh, is jimmy evans with the marriage today ministry and when i was previously married i was struggling very hard to try to be a godly woman although i was not married to a godly man and one of the and i know i've probably said this to a few people here in private but I think it is so true that for every serious relationship you're in, and then it fails for whatever reason, you go into the next relationship with a higher level of expectation, but a lower level of trust. You expect more out of the next person that you give your love to, but you trust them less with your love. And there's the reason why I feel like that is so profound is that I lived that and I did that to David. I expected more out of him, but I wasn't going to trust him as much because I'd been hurt before. So, getting past that, working through that, uh, has been my relationship with God. Like I said, to be a godly wife, it starts with me and him first teaching me, and actually reprogramming my dysfunction to become functional. Um, But I think integrity, I'm going to go back to integrity because if you're not an integrous person, then you are going to reap that. If your spouse can't trust you because you're, technically married on the weekend, or your girl's trip is more important than your marriage retreat with your spouse, then what does, what's that message to your spouse? Now, I'm not saying I don't love a good girl's trip, and, and I don't allow men's trips. That's not who we are. But he's got to be able to trust me on my girls' trips that it's not about being, you know. And i got to trust that it's not about swinging his moneymaker on the dance floor, although that would be a horrible scene. Don't even try it. (laughs) He has no rhythm. (laughs) But um, anyway, a seed just like a dream needs to be tended to. The ground must be opened up and softened. The ground must be tender for a seed to be placed. A seed must be watered, heard if you will, to grow. A seed, just like a dream, must receive nourishment. Do you nourish your spouse? Are you helping them become all that God has called them to be? And vice versa. Like I said, it's not one-sided. Both sides have dreams.
0: So as we close, I hope we have shown you all that our our success, our dreams, our love, our marriage has been centered around Christ. We fail miserably at that, or at least one of us does. It's her, not me. Um, we, I fail miserably at that a lot. But... Your relationship with your spouse has to be centered around Christ, which gives you that trust and that love. You need to dream together. Each of you need to treat each the other as an individual. As I would say, you need to get your mind right sometimes. Think about this. If you dream together, no matter how big, and you will be right beside If you dream together, no matter how big the dream is, and you're right beside them, dreaming just as big, and you hang out with God during that time, really not a single thing. Can't do. Pray.